Good afternoon. I'm Al Creston. My guest is Deacon Joe Holway. He's president of Friends of the Congo. He earned his Ph.D. in mechanical engineering from the University of Michigan, spent his career in a variety of engineering and management positions in the automotive industry, and was ordained a permanent deacon in the Catholic Church back in 1999, and he's been serving at several parishes in the Archdiocese of Detroit. Currently, he's at uh, Immaculate Conception Parish in Lapeer, Michigan, and you can learn more of his work at congowomensclinic.org. Deacon, good to have you here. Thanks. Good afternoon, Al. It's it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me on your show. Tell me, tell me a little bit of how you became interested in the the problems of the Congo. Well, we uh, had a, a gentleman, a priest from the Congo, uh, Father John Nkanga, who uh, ten year or over ten years ago came to the United States to uh, study medicine. So that he could uh, help his people back in the Congo, mm-hmm. and part of his studies was at the uh, University of Detroit. And so, what he was uh, studying at University of Detroit, he would come over to St. Cyril Methodius and uh, would assist there on weekends mm-hmm. on some occasions. And so, I got a chance to to meet him at that time. Um, I was I was the deacon there at that time, and so I would be sitting there in the in the uh, sanctuary and listening to you know, give his homilies as I would uh, be sitting up by the altar. And his stories just always made a, a big impression on me. Um, and so after he finished at U of D, he ended up going down to Emory University in uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And he finished his studies up there. And before he went back to the uh, Congo back in 2017, he came back and visited us again at uh, St. Cyril's. And he gave a very touching homily. And he talked about how uh, so many people were trying to tell him that he could have such a uh, an easier life if he just stayed here in the United States and, and, uh, he'd have a, all kinds of jobs and, and money and, and, and it would be so much nicer. And he talked a little bit about, uh, the hardships back in the Congo and how, despite all that, he knew that that's what he needed to do was to go back to the Congo and, and help out his, uh, his, his native people. And so we kept in touch after he went back and, uh, he would tell me in some of the emails that, uh, about, the shortage of water, about the political unrest, the lack of internet, uh, and all the different struggles. And that was in Kinshasa, which is the capital. And his uh, real interest, though, was back in a, the little village nearby where he grew up, in the little town of Yasa. And there was even a, a little lot more uh, difficult situation there. And so we struggled with how we could try to help them out a little bit. Um, and so a couple of the gentlemen from uh, St. Cyril Methodius and I started up a, uh, a nonprofit, Friends of the Congo Incorporated, and we've been able to, to help out a little bit over there, but it's, it's always a challenge working that far away. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Uh, well, I'll just ask you some questions about conditions over there, and to fill me in as best you can on, on what you know. Um, is... is do they, is it an aging population, or is this a youthful population? It's a fairly youthful population. Um, I think their their uh, lifespan is, I think the average life is uh, 55 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know Father John mentioned that when we talked to him last year during the, the COVID struggles, is that the COVID really never hit them that hard because there's all the different uh, uh, difficulties, old age and 
and overweight. There's not too many overweight people. There's not too many old people. There, so, uh, they, they didn't struggle by COVID too much. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of gallows humor, but yes, I, I, yeah. I know yeah, what you mean. Just, yeah. um, do they have access to clean water regularly? Well, in the, uh, actually in, in the city where uh, Father John is located with his uh, brothers in the, in the uh, priest house, they have um, basically a little trickle of water that, that comes in from a, a well in the backyard that they can pump out with a solar uh, pump. And mm-hmm. they have one, for 20 men, they have one flushing toilet. Wow. And so Father John's normally getting his, his water and, and cleaning when he goes into the hospital. But uh, the, the uh, whole economy there has just been devastated by the corrupt politics. And so there's it's really pretty... Pretty devastating. We took a lot of cold showers when we were over there for our, our visit. <laughs> I bet you did. Uh, is what are food? Uh, what's food like there? How? What are? What can people eat? What do they get? Well, mostly along the river. Uh, the Congo River splits the two different Congos, and, and we've been working with the the Democratic Republic of the Congo, which is the larger of the two. Um, the people. There's a lot of people just eating fish. That's kind of the, the source for, for most of the okay. food in, mm-hmm. uh, in a part of the country. But when you get out into the, the villages uh, in Yasa, uh, people were growing some, some corn and they had some chickens and a few pigs. It was all very self-sustaining uh, type of a lifestyle. Yeah. So they had a one little uh, community mill where everybody would bring the corn and, and grind it by hand and, and make the flour and have very, very simple meals. Uh, do you know what, I mean, is, is the political structure there fairly corrupt? I mean, is, uh, are, in other words, is there international assistance or aid that is targeted uh, for the Congo but ends up not reaching the people because it's basically, uh, you know, sidetracked by those in authority? Yeah, I believe, I believe so, to a certain extent, uh, it's, it's one of our struggles with getting help into that, and we're trying to yeah. uh, wire money and, and things, and it makes it uh, kind of a challenge because you can only go through certain channels to get the money there. Yeah, um, I don't think it's as bad as, as Haiti. When I was in Haiti 20 years ago, that was was very, very difficult. And mm-hmm. We had to go through places like Food for the Poor. But yeah. the Congo, the more the corruption is, uh, is just the graft and the, the money going to the some people very rich and, and others in extreme poverty. And as we traveled across the country, we had checkpoints about every 10, 15 miles and everybody had their, their hand out and you get to the airport and everybody has their hand out to, wow. to, before you can go to the next step in the process. And uh, just a lot of, a lot of bribes necessary to, to get anything done. That's just a way of life over there, huh? Yeah. Uh, now in the, in medicine, uh, he works at a hospital father works there he works at a hospital mostly as a, a, a teaching uh type of a, a hospital and then the his bishop has chartered him to to start a new um uh, college of medicine okay. or a, a catholic-based college and so he's he's also collecting funds from that and he's kind of tapping into to some different sources to try to do that while we're trying to, to help out with the, the clinic in a little village so, yeah but uh yeah he's He's working uh, at the hospital, though the, he doesn't often get get paid for his work there. It's, he's really uh, there's again the 
the struggles with the, the graft and who gets paid and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty difficult. Talk to me about the clinic. Uh, not, you're, is that, you, you have one pro, one of your projects is the building of a clinic? Well, it's a, it, it, what Father John envisioned was a, actually a series of buildings. Okay. Um, when we first, just before he went back to the Congo, uh, he was living down in Atlanta. He got linked up with MedShare, and MedShare supplies uh, used equipment that hospitals are giving away and supplies that to charities. And so the people up here um, in, at St. Cyril contributed the money to ship equipment over to the Congo to the little village. And so we bought a whole uh, uh, packing uh, shipping container full of uh, – we bought the shipping container, and then MedShare filled it up for us. And then we arranged to get it shipped over there. And that was going to be the thing to try to build a, play, a clinic for that building or for that equipment to be used. But um, as we got started with, with Father John, he said, as much as we need a, a clinic for that building, what we really need was a, a maternity clinic. And we had seen some pictures and some videos of what the current clinic was like. And uh, it was a mud hut and no lights. And uh, the, it was just pretty devastating uh, site when you saw the, the type of conditions that women were giving birth over there. Right. And so he changed plans a little bit, and he said, no, what we need first is a, a maternity clinic. And so we started that uh, as our first appeal back in, I guess it would have been 2018 in the fall. We kind of put a, a little bit of a, lot of, a lot of faith in God in that one, because we started out without enough money to build a clinic. It was kind of against what Scripture tells you to do, but uh, we we get enough money, we built the foundation, and then we built the walls, and then we built the roof, and slowly we got the, uh, the maternity clinic built, and we dedicated that in July of 2019. Wow. And I went over for that uh, dedication, and that's when I kind of identified that we really needed to, to do something about supplying water as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's very difficult for us to understand uh you know how we're so accustomed to being able to you know turn electricity on run water when we want uh go to a you know grocery store when we we need supplies uh it's difficult to understand a way of life in which there's so little um what are yeah. what are the attitudes uh, people are i mean are people do they have a revolutionary mindset? They want to, you know, get back at the the state. Uh, do they have? A, are they communal in their thinking? Are they clan based? What? How do people? How are people organized there? I think the people in the uh, in the major cities like Kansasha, they're just kind of going about everyday business, kind of resigned to to what's going on. And mm-hmm. uh, when you get out to the the villages like Gasa, where we built the maturity clinic, yeah, the people are in a in a much of a way uh, isolated from all the politics and mm-hmm. all that. They're just living their simple life um, and and not really impacted too much by that. Uh, they don't, I don't think it's a big, they don't realize it's a big hardship not to have water or electricity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, they, they were tickled when we had electricity because we put the maternity clinic in and that was the first, first electric lights in the whole village. Oh. And we went over for the dedication and we had a light on the, on the front porch <laughs> and well, being right on the equator, their days are all year round are uh, sunrise at six and sunset at six. Yeah. And so after six, it's dark and they kind of have a little fire and they go in their, their huts. 
and uh, we had a light on the front porch, and the whole whole village was out with their guitars and singing. We finally had to turn the light <laughs> off at ten o'clock. We needed to get some sleep. That's great. That's great. <laughs> and and the, when we got the water turned on, this last uh, we finally finished the well this uh, this this recent July, or a couple months ago. And uh, we have some videos, and the, the people were just dancing and jumping for joy. It was, it was very life changing for them. Oh, that's great. So, you know, when so when the people are appreciative, then I mean, the, oh yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, what you bring to them makes a, a major difference uh, in their lives. Uh, the medical, I mean, the maternity clinic in Yasa is is doing well. It, does it uh, does it need more assistance? Well, it needs uh, more system. We've got to get the the well that's done. We need to hook that up to it, so we have we actually will have running water in there. Okay. And so that, but that that building's pretty much done. We've been having some of the medshare equipment was uh, some ultrasound equipment, so we've been able to to do that, which is which has helped out immensely. How can um, people learn now, more? Because we're just about out of time. Deacon, how can how can people learn more of the work that you're doing there? I I'd like them to see some pictures and things like that. Well, they go to our website. Uh, www.congowomensclinic.org Okay. congowomensclinic.org Very good. Well, listen, I'd love to talk with you again and uh, see how things are going. This uh, sounds like a great project. I'll try to take you up on that. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Thanks so much, Deacon. Deacon Joe Hallway, again, working with Friends of the Congo.